Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know, at the end of the day... Football is football. All, all, all Patriots. All, all the time. Ooh, that, that's spicy. All, all Patriots. All, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. Happy Friday, Foxborough fans, and congratulations on getting to watch some Real-ish football last night. I'm Kyrie Thompson, your host of First in Foxborough. Make sure you're downloading, subscribing, listening on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. And follow me at Thompson 5 And follow the show at First in Foxborough, F-O-X-B-O-R-O, on Twitter. Let's get right into it, okay? So, no starters last night. Uh, no Mac Jones. Most of the starting offensive line, except for Cole Strange, were out of the lineup as well. None of the starting receivers, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and any of that. But you did get a chance to see a little bit of Tyquan Thornton, and you got to see plenty of Trey Nixon, Christian Wilkerson, and Lil Jordan Humphrey, who all played pretty well. They all had some nice moments. And you got to see some of the young talent on defense as well, though no Marcus Jones, which I feel like, I mean... There's some speculation that, okay, maybe they don't want to throw him into a contact situation just yet. Maybe that's the case. Uh, he was recovering from shoulder surgery in the offseason, but at the same time, at practice, he's been practicing in full, in full pads. No red contact jersey, so I might be inclined to believe, like, okay, maybe there's a preservation element 
to that decision to keep him out. Like, okay, let's not waste him if we don't need to. But I also think it's a pretty good sign for how they feel about Marcus Jones going forward, especially with all the first team reps he's been getting. Let's get to the action on the field, though. So first off, let me give you some players that I thought improved their stock after yesterday's preseason action, even though, again, it's it's pretty vanilla stuff. They weren't game planning really hard for it. And obviously there was, I don't know, I feel like with the, with the coaching staff, and we'll get into that a little bit later, they were kind of shuffling some things around and, and just kind of getting a feel for a number of different arrangements, I felt like. And of course, there's the fact that the first team offense and defense didn't play. So take from all that what you will. Though I do think the Giants played some of their starters on defense, so that provided an interesting test for the Patriots' first team, quote-unquote, offense last night. And in particular, I think Tyquan Thornton really got it done. He was open very consistently, especially on deep routes. His, his releases off the line of scrimmage were clean. He was getting wide open. He smoked Aaron Robinson, who's probably going to be one of the Giants' starting cornerbacks, just toasted him down the field. Brian Hoyer couldn't get the ball out there quickly enough, though, and so the pass gets broken up before it gets to Thornton. But then a couple plays later, they get down to the goal line. Thornton shakes free of a holding penalty by Robinson and makes a touchdown grab. He gets the Patriots on the board and gets himself on the board in a Patriots uniform. That was, that was a very telling play, I think where we know about the speed, we know about what he can do in the open field, but in tight quarters when there's going to be contact and the windows are smaller, he made a play right there. I thought that was very impressive. He also smoked somebody down the field when Bailey Zappi took the field on the next series, but Zappi underthrew him and Thornton gets a pass interference penalty called on him for going back and getting to the ball. But again, if that ball is out on time, maybe you have a big play. And then I believe on the drive after that, he shook free for a little catch over the middle. It was a nice grab against zone, just a little slant, sits down, makes the grab, makes a man miss and picks up nine yards. It's the little things to Thornton's game that I think are going to have him in position to earn more of a role than perhaps we thought that he would. And all the reports out of camp, I mean, obviously I've been there. I have been banging the Tyquan Thornton drum as far as him being better than a lot of people expected. But I think that what it sounds like is the Patriots believe that too. And they're going to start giving him some more first team reps. I don't think he did anything to dissuade them of that on Thursday night. Another guy I really thought helped himself was Miles Bryant. We've seen Miles Bryant returning punts a little bit in practice. Bryant showed some nice wiggle. I mean, first of all, he went up and made a couple of nice catches. He went to go get the football on one of them that I thought was kind of surprising. I, I thought maybe you let that one bounce. But he runs up, makes a catch, makes a man miss. And on the first one, that was excellent. I mean, he catches that and he uses some nice vision to make a quick cut inside and picks up 30 yards and shows some nice burst up the sideline that I feel like is very telling when it comes to him because he he mentioned after the game he hadn't returned punts since he was a senior in high school so for him to do it that well in a game situation was very impressive he's definitely down the list a little bit of the cornerbacks in that room right now and I would say that he's probably on the outside looking in still but if 
say you wanted to play Marcus Jones more and maybe even have him be a starter in the slot and bump Jonathan Jones outside, then maybe you do need a little bit of insurance in the form of Miles Bryant there. And maybe he does sneak onto the team, especially if he can do that. I mean, that's valuable stuff right there from Miles Bryant. I also thought pretty much all of the backup receivers had a good game. Trey Nixon had a couple of big catches down the sideline, good adjustments down the field on deep balls from Bailey Zappi. And again, that's something that I think we've seen glimpses of with when the ball is in the air, he tracks it and he comes back to make a play. I think he did very well on those two plays. He had a kind of ugly third down drop from Brian Hoyer on the first possession, though. That was against his ledger. And I think he had another drop later on as well. So it wasn't all perfect for Trey Nixon, but he showed a little bit of that big playability and caught a couple of balls, you know, short and over the middle as well. I believe he finished with four catches for like 81 yards. So very good day for him. Christian Wilkerson was getting it done all over the place. He had one nice deep ball from Brian Hoyer after the failed Thornton connection. They went right back to the well with Wilkerson. Throw was better, was on target. Wilkerson makes the catch. And he just generally, I mean, he caught everything thrown his way during the game, including... He caught everything he could get his hands on in the game, including one throw late from Zappi where it was just an amazing timing route where that ball was on him as he was coming out of the break and he makes a, just a quick adjustment to snatch the ball before it goes by him. I thought that he did everything pretty well from a passing game standpoint yesterday. And Lil Jordan Humphrey, he's a guy that I think has been very quietly solid this camp he's not going to make this team because there are just too many receivers in this room but I think he might have a shot at making the practice squad the way that he's been just very consistently catching the football he's a, a little bit of a bigger target out there as well and great adjustment on that touchdown throw he talked about it a little bit after the game where they went to the line of scrimmage they had two play calls coming and they recognize cover zero, and he's just like, I just got to win my route. He wins the route, comes back for the underthrown ball, scoops it up while he's backpedaling, falling backwards. Great play by him. And he's another one where he, he's talked about wanting to prove something. He's an undrafted guy. He has, you know, he was with the New Orleans Saints before. He knows that this isn't a given. And he's just going out there and trying to make whatever plays that he can and stick somewhere. And I think that. When it comes down to it, I would not be surprised to see the Patriots keep both Wilkerson and little Jordan Humphrey on this practice squad if it comes to that. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. A couple other quick candidates that I thought did well on the defensive side were LeBrian Ray and Anthony Jennings, who got, I think, more snaps than Josh Uche did, especially in earlier downs as a run defender. He was showing some quick burst off the edge, though I would say that there were a couple of times where they left him unblocked and they probably shouldn't have done that because he was just coming in. He whacked Daniel Jones on the first defensive possession, just absolutely rocked him in the red zone. 
and forced the Giants to to settle for a field goal there. He had a couple other nice rushes, and I think he held the edge pretty well. So I'm looking at him potentially as being somebody who might start or at least get early down snaps across from Matthew Judon when they do this for real. I will also note, though, that they were going with a little bit more of a of a 4-3 look on a lot of these defensive fronts rather than the typical 3-4 look where you have a couple of where you have like three big down linemen in the middle and then you have Judon on the outside and you know another outside linebacker. So it was a little bit more of a of a stand-up defensive end kind of role for Anthony Jennings and a little bit of a and more of a traditional defensive end role for LeBron Ray and Henry Anderson who interestingly played a lot last night for somebody who I thought had been kind of flashing and and maybe looked like he was a bit safer on this roster maybe he still is and they just wanted to get him some reps but I don't know I, I thought that was very curious how much he played Ray had a very nice run stop at one point and he was getting some pressure on the quarterback too as well as Sam Roberts, who I think has not done a whole lot in practice, but he was showing up all over the place last night. He was holding his own against the run, and I think I counted three pressures in the first half from Sam Roberts. Very good play from him, pushing the pocket. I think he got credit for a sack at one point, and just generally flashing during his first opportunity to really get a chance to do so. I think that defensive interior is probably still a little bit too crowded for Roberts to make the team, but... Again, another guy that if he keeps playing like that, might make the practice squad. Ray, on the other hand, especially if he can provide edge depth, which I think is still a spot where the Patriots are pretty weak, that might be an area where where LeBron Ray can play both inside and outside. I think that he increased his chances of making the team, showing off that kind of versatility. We'll see if that happens. Um, I also think Brendan Schooler, though he didn't necessarily do a whole lot, he was out there as another undrafted free agent who might have a shot to make the team. So I'm very curious to see how things end up for them at the end of camp. Now, to get to the less good, Joan Williams, I don't see how that guy is on the team within the next two weeks, let alone when they do their final cut down day on August 30th. He was brutal. I mean, he was getting turned around, spun around like a top in coverage. He got beat for a touchdown. And the thing is, he got beat, and when he gets beat, he tries to grab onto you and misses. He can't grab on. He got called for a face mask the second time he got beat, I noticed. And then later on, he has Davis Mills throw him, just throws the ball right at him for just a gimme interception, which weirdly enough, I think changed some of the discussion about Joan Williams last year. He had an interception in the preseason opener, and it felt like that turned around the entire game for him, where he was really just not that good up to that point. He has just a gift opportunity given to him by Davis Mills. Can't hold on. There was contact. Uh, you know, receiver ran into him and, and broke up the pass, but still, I feel like that's a play you got to make. If you're Joan Williams and trying to prove that you should still be here, in a cornerback room that is honestly just too crowded for him, and he hasn't done enough in camp to justify a roster spot. It's only a matter of time before Joan Williams is no longer with the New England Patriots in my mind. I also wasn't overly impressed by Malcolm Butler either. He was able to recover a fumble that was forced by Terrence Mitchell, so hey, that's a good sign, right? Getting on the football when you have the opportunity. But in coverage, I didn't love it. 
and he also had a bad missed tackle that allowed a bigger gain for a first down. That's not something you want to see from a veteran player. I think I don't know if he's still adjusting to you know getting back out there for the first time in you know what two years, but you expect a little bit better from a guy who's played at a high level before, especially with Jonathan Jones getting potentially you know bumped out to the outside a bit more and and seeing what he can do there. I'm not sure that that's not the best outside cornerback option aside from Jalen Mills. And if the Patriots think so too, Terrence Mitchell and Malcolm Butler could be fighting for a roster spot at this point. So you want to see a little bit better from him. On the offensive line, Justin Haran had a miserable day. He hasn't been having a great camp, especially of late. He had two false start penalties in this game, which there's no need for that. I mean, there's no noise in this place. Basically, when, when this team is on offense, it's nice and quiet. Like, come on, there's just no excuse for that. And then he gets hurt later on. He gets, I think he got rolled up on both him and Yadni Kajust actually got hurt in that game yesterday. So, I mean, it, it just went from bad to worse for Haran. And I feel like the way Kajust has been playing, especially the, the, the practice that he had on Tuesday, where it seemed like, oh, wow, everything looks like it's working a lot better when Yadni Kajust is in. If Kajust keeps coming up, he did have a holding penalty yesterday to kind of blemish his day, and he also ended up getting hurt. Kajust, I mean. But if Kajust keeps on playing better, that puts Justin Haran's roster spot in jeopardy. I, I don't think that you can absolutely you know ink him in as the first option as a swing tackle right now. And that's that would be a brutal fumbling of the bag from, from Haran if that ends up being the case. From a linebacker standpoint, I thought Mac Wilson and... Raquan McMillan did fine in, in the time that they were out there, but I was a little bit underwhelmed by Cameron McGrone at points. He he did have like three near interceptions. So, I mean, you could see him at points, you know, kind of flying around and, and maybe you know, getting close to get to making a play on the football, but he missed a couple of run fills. He missed some tackles out there. And I think just generally, like, the, the speed of the game is a little bit much for him right now. He looks a bit hesitant. Like, he's still trying to really get things ramped up and get acclimated. I think I saw some parts later in the game where it looked like he was moving a bit more fluidly, flying to the football when it was in the air, and almost coming up with a couple of these, uh, you know, tipped balls. But... I think as just kind of when the ball is in front of him and, and the play is there to be made, he wasn't making it enough last night. And, you know, I don't know that that means I'm out on McGrone. I think that the the potential is still there. And you could, again, see some of the movement skills and some of the speed he can provide to get from place to place. But the instincts need to sharpen up a little bit as far as McGrone is concerned to me. So I not my favorite performance from him. Now, to kind of pan out a little bit, the play calling was a huge topic of discussion last night, and there were some people who were watching it like a hawk. And Matt Patricia appeared to be calling the plays at least for the first two offensive possessions that the Patriots had when Brian Hoyer was on the field, and I thought the ball moved pretty well. So they had a third down drop where Trey Nixon was very clearly open that could have extended the drive, and they ended up punting. But I think even before that, things were, were looking pretty solid. And then the next drive, they score a touchdown. And they had a couple of, of splash play and splash play opportunities in that drive. So I think all in all, 
you could say it went pretty smoothly for the likes of Matt Patricia as a play caller. And then when Bailey Zappi comes on the field, you see Joe Judge starting to call the plays. And he held the reins there for the rest of the game. And now everybody is wondering, oh my goodness, are they auditioning for the job now? Like, is it, is it really up for grabs? I've got to be honest with you, I don't buy that yet. I really don't. Because this is a scenario that they've done in practice plenty where Matt Patricia calls plays for the quote-unquote first-team offense during walkthroughs, and Joe Judge calls it for the backups, where Bailey Zappi is typically at. So this is pretty typical for how they do things in practice, and the Patriots, I think, have done this before with Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick and such, where, okay, we'll, we'll have a couple different people call plays here just so you can get a feel for it. And I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if for Joe Judge, it's like, look, let's have it on your resume that, oh yeah, you called some plays in the preseason and I thought you did pretty well. But the bottom line here is that for me anyway, watching practice, Matt Patricia has been the play caller for the overwhelming majority of team segments to the point where, I mean, yeah, you had however many reps the offense had for this game, right? But for probably about four times that number in practice, Matt Patricia has called the plays. So until I see something in joint practices where all of a sudden you see Joe Judge calling plays with the first team or you see him calling plays more often, then I might change my mind about this. But right now, Matt Patricia just feels too firmly entrenched for me to suddenly believe that they, they're really considering an audition here. And the other part of this is, I, I believe I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. Matt Patricia, when they interact at practice, like I, I saw at one point Matt Patricia call Joe Judge over to him during a team drill and starts instructing Judge. And Judge is just sitting there listening, not saying anything, nodding along. Matt Patricia is clearly Joe Judge's superior in this relationship. They are not equals, okay? Matt Patricia, to me, looks closer to Bill Belichick than he does to Joe Judge. I think that Matt Patricia is very clearly the offensive coordinator slash play caller, though I think yesterday they were looking at a couple of different things where he was repping, he was working with the offensive line a bit more while Joe Judge was working specifically with the quarterbacks and, and when he was sort of calling plays. And you didn't see Billy Yates for some of the time where you expected maybe Billy Yates was going to be the guy running the offensive line adjustments in game while Matt Patricia runs the entire operation. Though, though apparently... Yates was visible from the sideline in the second half. And I even heard things like, like David Andrews, who wasn't playing, decide David Andrews, who wasn't playing yesterday, took on a lot of the O-line coaching for the second string guys as well. And, and again, maybe that's not a huge deal. Maybe that's just, a, okay, I'm not doing anything tonight. Let me coach up the young guys and be part of this. So, again, I don't really know how much I'm going to read into this. But Bill Belichick definitely didn't make it any clearer by intention, of course. He said, oh, we're going through a process. We're, you know, I thought it was beneficial for both guys to get a chance to do it. And when asked by Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald about whether or not he was going to name somebody specifically the play caller before the season, Belichick was like, oh, we're not, don't worry about that. We're just going through the process right now, like we do with everything on this team. So very clearly, he's not trying to give you anything. I just feel like it's almost too visible to give people something to talk about, right? Like, oh, yeah, who knows? Maybe it'll still be Joe Judge. 
I just, I, it's not going to be Joe Judge. Like, I just, I don't believe it. I mean, it, I could be wrong, but nothing that I have seen in practice suggests that this is going to be Joe Judge. I'm not going to be falling for a banana in the tailpipe here. But you know what? If, if Joe Judge is suddenly calling more plays during joint practices and during the next couple preseason games when the actual offense is on the field, like the first team offense, then perhaps I'll take some notice. That's all I got for today. I'm Kyrie Thompson. Keep listening to the First and Foxborough podcast. Download, subscribe, stream on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. We will have action from Gillette Stadium again for Monday's practice, which is just going to be the Patriots, and then joint practices on Tuesday and Wednesday, which are going to be fun. Until then, peace out.